All right. Well, welcome in to another episode of Marriage Matters with Ken and Shar. It's great to have you in. Honey, how you doing? I'm doing really good. Okay. I'm doing great. We're at the beach and looking at the ocean and you can't get better yeah. better than that. I can do you? not hate being at the beach. No. <laughs> no, not especially when it's 108 yeah. where we live. We live where there's a lot of heat and we have escaped for a few days over here to bang out as many uh, Marriage Matters episodes as we can. We have so much to talk about. Sometimes it gets so busy at home that we don't really have time, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going we're gonna to really get after it over here and post up as many as we can, as quick as we can. So yeah, let's talk some marriage. Um, you have heard us over and over again refer to our inner circle and, and the need to protect our inner circle. We talk a lot about that with a lot of couples. That inner circle is just your one flesh relationship that is always under assault. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned that any right theology of marriage or to think right about marriage for any believer is to understand that it's it's under warfare all the time. It's always under assault. So protecting what God has done in that one flesh relationship, which we call often inner circle, is really important. Problem is, I think you'd agree that we talk to so many couples, they just, they just have no mechanism to no. deal when there is a problem and they're fractured mm-hmm. or um, the unity between them is upended. They just lean towards arguing and getting more and more frustrated. They can't seem to resolve conflict at all, right? Yes, including us at times. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, no lie. <laughs> so yes, it is. It's difficult and it takes all the self-control you you have that you can muster up in the work of the Holy Spirit to oh, really try to go after some of these areas that you have a hard time talking about. So this episode and th- at least the next one, uh, we're going to call Honey, We've Got a Problem. Uh, that's the title of it. How many times have we heard that or had to say those words? <laughs> a lot. Uh, sure, every marriage does. Hun, I'm, I'm having a problem. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about something. Mm-hmm. And if, if you don't have the capacity or ability to do that, then resolve can't mm-hmm. happen. So that's where so much of problem solving starts is just permitting each other and giving permission to say, babe, I've got a problem. I need to talk mm-hmm. to you about something. Mm-hmm. But that's so hard for us. That usually ends up in a fight, right? Or uh, commonly uh, uh, does. Almost. <laughs> Almost certainly. Almost, almost all the time. So, so, yeah. so, so let's do this. Let's see if this sounds familiar to anybody out there. Okay. Hey, hey Kenny. Yeah. I, I would really like to talk to you about something. Sure. What? Well, you know, when you get on your phone. Yeah. And we're in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. Yes, you do. You no. do it a lot. Well, I'm, I mean, I may peek over and see if I've no. gotten a like, text. Like we're or... in a restaurant and you um, just remember something and you have to text somebody, but we're in the middle of I never of a... do that. Yeah. Well, you there's do no, it. There's, it, no, it, there's it, no problem here. Yeah, it, <laughs> it really hurts my feelings. It really hurts my feelings. And What, for me to look at my phone? Yeah, it does. I just feel very unimportant. Oh, I can't. You, you do it all the time. I don't either. Yeah, I don't you do. Yeah, have my phone in my. I have my phone in my purse. Well, I mean, I don't think I do it any more than you do. Well, I hate to tell you, but you really do. Well, so I mean, what I. I mean, sometimes people have to get a hold of me. You know I just, what? I have you to know be what? available. It, to... it, I don't really think we can talk about this right now because we're just going to get into a fight, and I don't want to talk about it. So we'll just forget it until it. Uh, till I don't know when. Well, I just don't see a problem. At well, all that. that that's so. That's okay. It's your. It's your perspective. Okay.
All right. Now that little, what, what did that take? 20 seconds, 30 20 seconds. 20 seconds. And I'm, if this has happened in the past, so and I'm really ticked off right now. <laughs> I'm not right now, but I have been in the past. She's and... across the table from me. She's getting a little red because we've had this conversation before. Many times. See, do you feel how awkward that was? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've countless times we've had situations where somebody's trying to talk about a problem. They're hurt or wounded, um, feeling unloved, disrespected, or undervalued, right? Back mm -hmm. going back to our vows, right? Right. right. But the minute they begin to talk about it, and for us too, we found that for me personally, I can only speak for myself, I immediately want to default to my flesh. No, I agree. I, I go the same spot. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, what we're going to try to do with this episode is just give you a tool. Again, we call it, honey, we have a problem that will help you talk about that problem without mm -hmm. becoming adversarial. Mm -hmm. And it ending in further ruin. I mean, really, this is, right. if you cannot get resolved, if a couple cannot resolve these little conflicts like this, these minor conflicts, we think it's just a phone, right? Mm -hmm. Or too much time on technology or watching TV or I'm getting home later from work, <clears throat> at work and it's bothering her. Just some something we should be able to get over, but we can't. And that issue keeps slamming around in our inner circle, robbing a couple of righteousness and joy and peace there in mm -hmm. their home life, in their married life. We've got to be able to resolve this kind of conflict. So let's talk about it. By the way, these things, uh, there's a tendency that I love, I love the word of God. There's if it, just a casual reading of scripture. There's that little exercise we went through there, that 30 seconds or whatever mm -hmm. that was, is acted out in the Bible over and over and over again, where the Lord himself comes and says, we got a, I got a problem. We need, I need to talk to you about something, right? Mm -hmm. And whether it is a great hero of the Bible or somebody we barely know in the Bible, this tendency to default to the flesh and not deal with it is there. Let me just give a couple examples. In Genesis 3, which has so much to do with marriage, it's, it's God bringing the woman to the man and, and building that first one flesh relationship. Even there, when God first approaches Adam, he, he's really coming and saying, Adam, we've got a problem. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to you about it. I, we have a problem. Have you eaten of the tree that I commanded you not to eat? And Adam's response? It was, it's the woman that you gave me. <laughs> <laughs> There's the avoidance, the, the uh, um, deflection, and, and this is what we do. It's what, what I always have a tendency to do when Charlene comes to me and says, honey, i got a problem. I need to talk about it. Um, and he, and he deflected and, and blamed somebody else. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, too. Again, in 1 Samuel 15, if you ever want to take some time and read it, it's uh, the first king of Israel, Saul. Real quick story. He's instructed by God to completely destroy the Amalekites. They, God was taking them off the earth. Uh, their pagan worship had become an offense to God. And he was going to use um, Saul and his people to judge that problem. And he told him, I, wipe them all out. The men, women, livestock, um, don't leave anything. Um, so uh, Saul, there was a great battle and Saul had victory. But instead of wiping them out, as God had commanded, he kept the king alive and then kept the livestock. In fact, at one point it says there in 1 Samuel 15 that everything good they held on to, they only destroyed what there was no use for. And so God sent a prophet to Saul 
And he said, this day, uh, the Lord is going to take the kingdom out of your hands. Why have you disobeyed God? And he said, well, I, Saul said, I did obey God. I, I, I destroyed the Amalekites. And he said that famous line, what, then what is this bleeding of sheep that I hear mm -hmm. in my ears? And when he confronted Saul, basically he's saying, Saul, we have a problem here, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and Saul's response is the same. It's blame shift and mm -hmm. um, denial. Not taking responsibility. Refusing to take responsibility. Uh -huh. Or acting like it didn't even happen. No. And it ended in, in, utter, in utter ruin. Mm -hmm. What Saul said was ultimately, well, the, the, kind of like Adam said, the woman that you gave me, Saul says it like this. He does the same thing. And he says, well, you know the people, man. The, the people thought that we should sacrifice these animals to the Lord. The people made me do it. Mm -hmm. And um, God saw right through that. And uh, that day the kingdom was taken from Saul, and God began to lift up David to be the next king of Israel. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, there's another great example in Exodus uh, where Moses is up on Mount Sinai, and he's receiving the Ten Commandments from the Lord, and he comes down the mountain with the tablets. He had been there for 40 days. He had left Aaron in charge. And when he came down the mountain, he and Joshua began to hear noise rising up from the camp. And Joshua said, it sounds like the sound of war. And, and Moses said, oh no, that's not the sound of war. And when they came into the camp, they had fashioned a golden calf. And this is, by the way, in Exodus chapter 32, they were dancing around. There was a, there was just a, a frenzy of a pagan ritual going on there that uh, was familiar to them. They had just come out of Egypt. That was a familiar idol that was worshiped down in Egypt. So long story short, when Moses confronts Aaron, Aaron, we have a problem. I left you in charge. What has happened? And he says, well, same thing. He says, well, you know, the, 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 the people, you know, the people, how stiff necked they can be Moses. And we decided they asked and we and we decided to take our bracelets and necklaces and throw them into the fire and out came this golden calf <laughs> right and it's the weirdest answer ever you read it go it's I like do you really believe that i know right <laughs> yeah you read it and you go what was what? aaron thinking out came this golden calf and what do you do when a golden calf comes out of the fire you just, but you dance around yeah. <laughs> it and have a pagan worship ceremony you know so the whole thing was so weird but here's what we're getting at the bottom line is in everyone there's a war between the spirit of god and the flesh and every follower mm -hmm. of jesus mm -hmm. galatians 5 says it like this he says walk paul writes walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh always wars against the spirit and the spirit is warring against the flesh and they're contrary to one another so that you don't do the things that you wish we know we should respond better when a spouse comes and says, babe, I'm having a problem here. We need to talk, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we wish we would, but the urging of the flesh is so strong. And so what we're going to walk through right now is this default. We're just going to, we just really want to be aware of what our natural fallen nature, the tendencies of our fallen nature are. Well, I think that when we start having this discussion, I think when I get defensive is when I really know that I have done that. And when Kenny brings something to me and I realize, oh, wow, I do that. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to admit that I do. And I truly want to blame it on probably him or something else. Sometimes when he does say, hey, I have a problem and I'm truly not aware of it, 
I'm not defensive. It's like, wow, I didn't know you felt that way. I'm really sorry. I didn't, I didn't even realize I was doing that. But when I do get defensive, it mm. is when I realize I'm immediately convicted that I, I know that I've done that. And I think that's the difference of when we realize yeah. when that conviction is genuine, right? We, boy, we resist that. We resist the conviction of the Holy Spirit. At yeah. least I do. Yeah. And and I don't want to feel like I'm walking in the flesh. Yeah. I get defensive a lot because I'm embarrassed. Really, I'm kind of embarrassed. Yeah. By mm. my actions. Yeah. So this is the this is the road the roadmap of operating in the flesh and when there's a problem between husband and wife. And, and by the way, all this starts with, we can't emphasize this enough. All of this starts with the need to permit, give your spouse permission, mm -hmm. come talk to me about mm -hmm. anything. I will not get this way, right? Because if we stay this way and we keep getting defensive, blame shifting, and the stuff that we're about ready to talk to you about, they won't come anymore. The, the, they're well, going to they, give they up. They can't come. They, they can't. They, they're, it's, it's too much trouble to go through right. with such resistance. And there's, oh, it always ends in ruin. Right. There's no rejoicing or resolve. Mm -mm. It just gets you can't, worse. You can't get further right. in your relationship. Right. You're stuck right there. Stuck. That's a good and You word. don't want to be stuck. We're stuck. So you just put it on the back burner yeah. and you just go, well, we, that's another off limits yep. discussion that we yep. can have. We don't ever go there. Yep. We know how it's going to end because it's ended that way numerous times right. over, over and over. And yeah. it just brings fraction in your relationship and it's just no way to live. Yeah. So most people don't like contention. Now I've been with couples that seem to love contention and they just go after it. Yep. But isn't it isn't it difficult to watch that? Like oh. even the conversation we were having when we first started. Well, 20 or 30 seconds. And if other people are in the room, your children, your friends. Oh, the atmosphere of that it, kind of conflict and tension. It's not just hard for you. It's hard for everyone that's yeah. there. Yeah. And you, we need to remember that. And that you know, and you've said this before, mm -hmm. babe, it's so grievous to the Holy Spirit. It just mm -hmm. grieves the Spirit of God when we continue in that kind of strife. Right. right? And, and it and it and it grieves other people too. Yeah. And I think that sometimes when there's a lot of contention in a relationship, you get immune to it. The people yeah. that are in it, but they don't realize other people that are yeah. invited in. It's disturbing. It's disturbing to yeah. them. Yeah. Very disturbing. All right. So here here's what we're doing. This is the way of the flesh when even when, and hopefully you've permitted them to come, they come, they say, babe, I got a problem, which we encourage people to use that language. Mm -hmm. Honey, I'm having a problem. Can we talk? Just those simple, what is that? Mm -hmm. Seven or eight words there. Honey, I'm having a problem. Can we talk? Instead of screaming at him. Right. Or come out <laughs> six guns blazing. Right. Man. Which blame, blame, <laughs> anger. You know, just start with that. Yeah. Just yeah. take a minute and say, babe, I'm having a problem. Can we talk? Right. So but inviting the Holy Spirit before you even talk to them. I learned a long time ago, if I get Kenny on a, a bad day or stuff that's going on in his own life where yeah. he's all turned up, yeah. I don't start on, in on it at right. that point. Right. I wait a while yeah. and I wait Great until a idea. better opportunity to maybe have a resolve coming in this, right. in this arena. So honey, I got a problem. Now here's, 
what we all feel. And this is 100% of us, gang, me, Char, we all have a mm -hmm. default. And mm -hmm. here's where that default goes. Number one, and these are going to be all ours. Uh, write, if you're out there, write them down. Uh, they're going to come at you pretty quick here. Number one, we reject personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's where it all starts. Mm -hmm. In the garden, when God said, Adam, we've got a problem. Have you eaten the tree that I commanded you not to eat? There was that. That's a yes or no question. And there's the opportunity to accept personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lord. Yes, I did. Wonder what would have happened if he would have. We still need a redeemer, but yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so the rejection of personal responsibility. You'll feel it. You feel it in your heart. I'm not going to receive this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fight back. Mm -hmm. Right. It's something that rises up in our flesh that rejects. Whether you're talking Saul whether you're talking Adam in the garden or Aaron, the first high priest, look, if, if that's a common reaction of those guys, it's common with mm -hmm. Kenny over it's, here. It's just right? common to it's man. It's human, mm -hmm. right? It's human. So first, the rejection of personal responsibility. Second, the reassigning of blame, the re blame shifting. Mm -hmm. You reassign blame. Well, it would go like this. Honey, I, I, the reason I do this because you did this first. The reason I said that to you that hurt you is because you did mm -hmm. this. So you're the problem, mm -hmm. not me. Mm -hmm. So it goes from the rejection of personal responsibility. The next to follow comes a reassignment of blame. I'm going to blame something else for this because I'm awesome <laughs> like, and I just don't ever have a problem. Yeah, right? right. So uh, rejecting personal responsibility, reassigning blame, and then the rationalization comes mm -hmm. and the justification. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't be the only guy that has to put up with this and blah, blah, blah. And and there's this weird ability we have to rationalize our failures, mm -hmm. rationalize our uh, behaviors mm -hmm. that do hurt. And ultimately, they break our vow. Mm -hmm. This is really what we're talking about. Charlene doesn't have a problem if I'm keeping my vow and behaving in a way that she feels loved, respected, and valuable to me. The, this, the problems come. In fact, we can promise you this, gang. Every problem, contention, every conflict between a husband and wife comes when one or both are made to feel unloved, unimportant, mm -hmm. and disrespected. Mm -hmm which is exactly what we promised on our wedding days we would never do. Mm -hmm. Love, honor, and cherish. So thirdly, you got rejecting re responsibility, the reassigning of blame, and then the, the rationalization. We make sense out of it. And then fourthly, we resist admission. Those words, I'm sorry, I, I can't believe I did. They're just hard to come out of our mouth. And so there's this, fourthly, there's this resistance of admission. You got rejecting responsibility, reassigning blame, rationalizing my conduct or justifying it, resisting straight up admission. I did this and I am so sorry, which by the way, if this was a roadmap, the end result, the destination is always ruin. Yeah. Well, it's not restoration. That's no, for sure. No. We, or reconciliation. No, we cannot. It just goes back into the more bricks being put upon. A wall being built up, at least in my life, that's what right. it would do to me. I just go, well, there, I can't talk about that. Right. You know, I can't talk about that. Right. And there's just no way to have unity in a marriage. No. In your home, peace in your home. Right. And, and, and so much of this comes down to a humility about someone, mm -hmm. a humbleness of heart, and mm -hmm. a contrite spirit that is 
a correctable spirit, mm-hmm. a teachable spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, we get asked all the time, so what by young people who are desiring to be married, maybe they're in a relationship, is this the right, what am I looking for? What attributes am I really mm-hmm. looking for in my future spouse? That's a common question for us. And really, without even hesitation, mm-hmm. both Char and I feel like the most important characteristic or attribute you can look for is a, a spouse with a teachable spirit. Mm-hmm. If they don't bring a teachable spirit to the plate where they can grow and be uh, confronted with a problem, admit, grow beyond it, uh, evolve, right? Mm-hmm. Then talk about stuck. Oh, that's, yeah. that's their, that marriage is now stuck right where it's Actually, at. it will degrade because well, yeah. it, nothing stays. No, yeah. nothing stays the same. It You're will right. degrade. It'll if, only degenerate. Mm-hmm, You're right. It will. You're right. Mm-hmm. The unity will only become more fractured mm-hmm. and disunified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Psalm 51 verse 17 says this, and this is such a bottom line for us, guys. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit mm-hmm. and a broken and contrite heart. These, oh God, you will not despise. Mm-hmm. There's something really beautiful about a husband or wife that permits their spouse to come, say, babe, I'm having a problem. Can we talk? And their immediate response is one of humility mm-hmm. and contriteness. Talk to me. And they resist, by God's grace, they resist what we've talked about today, that pathway of rejecting responsibility, reassigning blame, no problem here. I don't have a problem. The problem is you, or the problem is the way I was raised, or the problem is my boss at work. Or, or that's the, what my parents did, and right? that's all I know. Oh, man, and- we have. And there's the ration. Next is the rationalization, the justification of our behaviors. Uh, and the resistance of, of straight up acknowledgement, admission. I know some of the most intimate times come when I, I've looked at Sean and said, honey, I, I'm guilty. I, I am so sorry. You married a, a flawed man and I, I am just really sorry. I'm going to try to fix that right now. But that's usually after mm-hmm. I've rejected responsibility and reassigned mm-hmm, blame mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. put us through way more conflict than we ever should have to go through, right? Well, it's just, it's, it's tough. Conflict is tough, Yep. but you're all going to have it. Yep. We are all going to have it and there's no way to live together without it. And the way through it, a pathway that's spirit filled right? and that's godly is this way, but it's a hard way. Yeah. But the more you do it, the easier it'll get, the more humble road that you, yeah. I find that if I am filled with grace and mercy yeah and kindness yeah and i don't want to hurt my spouse and i think that that's what we should be eventually unwilling to do is to hurt your spouse because it hurts you yep so in this episode we learn what we don't want to do there's just this natural proneness in our flesh to go down that road which always ends in further ruin so how do we get to reconciliation and renewal so um, that's our next episode. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you to listen to these back to back if mm-hmm, you can, because mm-hmm. now we're going to get into what is the way of right, the spirit. Right. How am I to respond? How can I respond? Let me get that tool in my bag mm-hmm. so that my wife and I are, or your husband and you have a way to resolve conflict, right? A way to move forward, a way to get resolve and to rejoice together in a refreshed unity. You know, I always say you have enough issues out in the world. 
outside this home, you know, outside our little unit, there's so many sadnesses and, mm. and problems and Challenges. conflict. Yeah. And when you come home, who wants to live where it's not peaceful? Yeah. You know, I want my home to be a peaceful place where God can reign and, and my children can be, um, safe and secure and I can be safe and secure and I can be refreshed and filled back up and feel loved and, and away from conflict. Yep. I hate conflict and there's so much in the world, you know, and it's in our home, even with the news Yeah, and it's everywhere we go. Yeah. Conflict, conflict, conflict. And, and in my home, I don't want to live that way. Yeah. And I, and if we have to have some, I want to be restored as quickly as possible. Quickly, yep. So I can live in peace again because that's, that's what, what I want. That's, that's what this what tool is it all is. about. Yep. It's just to be living in a in a home that's full of peace. Well, that kind of home, and we've said it before, that does not come Mm-mm. by some no. fairy dust magic. No. You know, it comes through intentionality. It does, and allowing God to work in our lives powerfully, where we get these tools, we get equipped by God mm-hmm. to deal with the common, mm-hmm. ordinary challenges mm-hmm. of life. Right. Right. Exactly. All right. Okay. That's going to do it for this episode. We encourage you to listen to this one and the next one back to back because they really do go together. We've learned what we don't want to do, what we don't want to be in the flesh. Uh, We're going to move on to uh, get a tool in our bag that really will help us resolve conflict. So sounds good. Well done, babe. Uh Love you. Until next time, gang. Glad you guys were with us. God bless you. See you later.